morning, everybody. Good morning. Welcome to church. Welcome to Mother's Day. There's a lot of people feeling very welcome in the foyer to the point where they don't want to come inside. Now, you might have worked out there's a bit of a cake event or a bit of a cake decoration event happening out there. Uh, quite a few of us have voted today. We didn't have to wait till the federal election. We've voted on the, uh, the most beautiful and the most fun, I think, were the categories. So that's exciting. So we're going we're gonna to have a great morning tea this morning. That'll be gr- I'm looking forward to that. Anyway, it's Mother's Day, and um, that, that's exciting. And, um, you know, I think it's the fifth commandment that says, honour your father and mother so that it may go well with you in the land that you are entering. So it's actually a command. Honouring our parents is right up there with do not murder and do not steal and stuff. It's an important command. Now, we know that, you know, Mother's Day has become pretty commercialised and there's more than one day a year when we want to honour our mothers and fathers, but today is a, is a day when we want to do that. So um, it's an important thing to do. But we're mainly here, of course, to honour God, to worship God, to praise him, to learn from him and to be in fellowship with him and with, with each other. So I want to invite you to join with us in song, uh, this opening song, you know this, uh, You Give Life, You Are Love, You Bring Light to the Darkness. I invite you to stand with me and worship.
right that we give you thanks and we give you praise. You've given us our very lives, our very breath. And we remember this morning particularly that our mothers, each of us had one, our mothers gave us our lives in a special way and often at great cost to themselves. So Father, we want to honour our mothers, we want to honour all mothers and all people who do that sacred task that you call them to do. And we thank you for their heart, their travails, their giving of themselves as they seem to to do again and again and again. And Lord, we thank you for the way you, of course, supremely gave yourself in Jesus, unconditional of unconditional love. So we thank you for your love, Father. We thank you for your sacrifice. We thank you that you've modelled true love to us through, through Jesus. And so Lord, we come with grateful hearts maybe also hearts with pain, maybe hearts with regret, maybe hearts with unforgiveness. Father, may we, may we deal with that in your presence. Father, thank you that you come and that you minister and that you heal and that you restore and that we can come to you at any time as we journey on the life that you call us to. And be with us today by your spirit, we ask. Amen. We're going to sing it again. The, uh, when all I see is the battle, you see the victory. I'm reminded of um, some friends of ours moved overseas a little while back and the lady, she had a rock that her mum used to go outside every night and kneel on that rock and, and pray to God for her family. Thinking that, I was going to say that's hard. That is hard. <laughs> our friend gave us that rock because they couldn't tug it on the aeroplane. So it's in our, in our backyard. It's, uh, it reminds me of the, well, the heart of a mother, but also the heart of God as he reaches out to us and intercede, Jesus intercedes for us to the Father. How good's that? Let's, uh, let's sing Battle Belongs. When all I see is the battle you see my victory when all I see is a mountain you see a mountain move as I walk through the shadow your heart surrounds me there's
singing praise to God. It's just wonderful to hear that from up here. Good morning, everyone. How are you going? Excellent. Good work. Um, good morning. Welcome to church. If you're here for the first time, welcome. Uh, it's great that you are here as well. Uh, we'd love to meet you afterwards. Uh, if you're joining us online, morning to all of you folks uh, as well. I just want to let you know that if you're a guest with us this morning, uh, there's a couple of options for, uh, to, for us to, as a church to connect with you better. Uh, there's welcome cards at the front door. Uh, you'll also find the same options on our, on our website if you're watching online. And uh, it's probably just worth, worth mentioning, I don't tend, tend to talk about money, but I probably should, or should on occasion. Um, just, uh, just want to let you know that we, the, we, um, we do have an offering box up at the back in front of the office there. And the reason we don't, we don't hand, out the, hand out the plate anymore um, and probably won't in the future uh, is that over, over 90-something percent of our, of, our, of our giving is electronic uh, today, um, which probably just negates the reason for, you know, to, to, to do that. But God, God still invites us to be generous in, in whichever way uh, He calls us to do that. And I just want to let you know that that offering box is obviously there if you've got uh, something you want to give to the church, uh, to missions, or to a or to a future building project. Uh, um, what did I have written down? Uh, there's there's envelopes there to use. There, there, there was somebody there was somebody here knew a couple of weeks ago who handed me uh, an offering envelope with a note that says for not for the church for the mission, and I love the heart behind that. And I knew, I knew that person uh, 
was struggling and I just said, just said you know what, God, that's, 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 that's the heart of giving. That's the heart of, the heart of God. And um, I just, just pray that God just, I guess, multiplies that sort of generosity here. Uh, just wanted to uh, say thank you. First up, uh, to, to all the families and, and, and the mums and the kids who made cakes this morning. Well done. Uh, to, to the people who were actually able to... For the people who are actually able to get here by 9.45 and have that ready, you, you guys are amazing, right? That, that was obviously a bit of a stretch in itself. Uh, yeah, uh, everyone who walked in the door today uh, should have got some voting uh, pieces of paper and you can cast your vote in front of the, in front of the appropriate cake. Uh, there's a cup there to do that. If you haven't done that, can you please do that right now? Because we're going we're gonna to tally those votes pretty soon and uh, announce the winners later in the service. The, Probably worth just saying that the winners this morning are not the people who bought the cakes. The winners are all of us, right? Yeah. So the winners, the, the winners of all of us are, are going to enjoy those cakes this morning for morning tea. Uh, so I just wanted to let, just wanted to mention that for the people who are watching online. If you've probably chosen the wrong morning to be watching from watching from home, but I'll say I'll leave that with you. Uh, most importantly, happy Mother's Day to all to all the mums, and uh, I think I think my. When my mum was here a couple of weeks ago, we managed to get her onto this thing called YouTube, and uh, she's, I, I think, able to watch us this morning. So, hi, mum. Happy, happy Mother's Day. I'll call you later. Um, and uh, by, by the way, we, we, we don't just recognise, I guess, mothers today. We recognise the spiritual mothers uh, of our church. We recognise all the, all the women and, and all the, the girls and, I guess, the future mothers of, uh, of, our, of our church. Uh, we've, we are... We, um, we have some, I guess, some cake uh, for, for morning tea. We have some other little surprises for the mums uh, after church. We've also done up uh, a little bit of the stage here. We'll obviously get rid of some of this rubbish afterwards. Um, and the idea is that you can come up here after church and, and get a photo with your family in front, of the, in front of that decoration if you would like to, okay? Um, so please make sure you... If you can arrange the kids, um, we, we, can, we can sort the rest out. Uh, there's a, there's a, lot, a lot of things we could probably say about Mother's Day today, um, but I just wanted to tell you that as a church, we love and appreciate each one of our, each one of our ladies. And I, I, I can't think of anything I would rather do than pray for the women of our church this morning. So would you join me this morning? Um, Lord God, your word tells us that um, charm, and deceptive, charm and appearance don't tell the whole story, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Got a, got a woman who fears the Lord and, and puts Jesus first, makes, it, makes a, a remarkable difference and changes the world in many ways. And we just want to thank you this morning, God, uh, for, the, God for the mothers of our, of our church, for the, for the incredible impact that they have and continue to have in this church and in this community. And God, thank you ultimately that motherhood... Uh, you know, parenting and, and, and families ultimately be your idea. Lord, this morning we want to pray for, God, for your, uh, your empowering and your blessing on the mothers and the spiritual mothers and the women of our church and the next generation of them uh, today. And Lord, while we, while we celebrate the many good things um, today, we also acknowledge the fact that, for God, God, that today for many is a struggle. Lord, we also just, just want to acknowledge that um, today reminds us of mothers who are no longer with us. It reminds us of um, 
mums that we, you know, who, we, who, who, who have mourned the loss of kids recently. It reminds us about relationships that have soured. It reminds us about um, maybe dreams that just never happened. And so, God, while, while, we, while we celebrate so many good things about today, we also, we also uh, pray, Lord Jesus, that your spirit might come and encourage the people who find today just, to, just, just a real battle. Lord, I pray that you come and build up and minister to those people in our church and those people in our community who, who today live with those, um, with those struggles. Lord, I pray this morning that they might draw close to you and that they might know your, your support and your encouragement and the support and the encouragement of your church family today. Lord Jesus, we pray, um, especially for Dorothy uh, Fraser this morning, who's not well. And God, think of other people in our, in, in our community who are not well. And Lord, we pray your blessing and your, God, your, God, your touch of healing upon those people this morning. Lord, we thank you that you're a gracious and, and fantastic God a God whose, um, whose greatness nobody can fathom, and a God who, who yet came to this earth in the person of Christ uh, to know and to, and to love and to, and to be understood. And Lord, we, we just want to thank you for all you've done in this church and in this community and in the lives of the people who this morning join uh, in worship. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, just want to let you know this morning, uh, creche is on, and um, kids' church is on as well. Now, the thing with kids' church this morning is that the, uh, the, the dads are running kids' church, including me. So if there, if there is uh, excessive noise from the hall this morning, uh, sorry, <laughs> all right? Um, but kids, it's time, to, it's time for us to go and have some fun, and ladies, I'll, ladies and everybody else, I'll, I'll let you enjoy the rest of the service. Thank you, thank you, Steve. Um, the next one we're going to sing, it, it might be new to you, it's actually written about 10 years ago, so, uh, but I've only come across it reasonably recently and we're going to, uh, we'll probably have it the next couple of weeks as well, so you'll get to know it if you don't already. Uh, Lord, I need you. And um, uh, the words say, my one defence, my righteousness. You know, sometimes we call out to God because... We need his grace, perseverance, whatever it might be, endurance, uh, these things. But all the time, we need his righteousness. We need his help to be righteous. We need, uh, of course, we need his covering when, uh, to be understood by our Father as righteousness. But, uh, so, yeah, there's a, I, I like the words of this song. There's a lot of, a lot of good content here. So... Um, uh, yeah, I invite you to stand and, and, and sing this with us.
look to you I won't be overwhelmed how often is it that we need to have God's perspective on uh, on the things that we're dealing with in life Thank you. 
Father, that we can trust in your goodness because you are there. before Pastor Ange comes to preach. Sorry, good morning. We're just having a bit of a debate about which Bible verse we're going to bring to you this morning. But I think we're bringing the right one. I don't know if there's a wrong one to bring, but um, <laughs> we got the right one. Um, so from Matthew 20. Then the mother of James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to Jesus with her sons. She knelt respectfully to ask a favour. What is your request? he asked. She replied, 
In your kingdom, please let my two sons sit in places of honour next to you, one on your right and one and the other on your left. But Jesus answered by saying to them, You don't know what you are asking. Are you able to drink from the bitter cup of suffering I am about to drink? Oh yes, they replied, we are able. Jesus told them, you will indeed drink from my bitter cup, but I have no right to say who will sit on my right or my left. My father has prepared those places for the ones he has chosen. When the ten other disciples heard what James and John had asked, they were indignant. But Jesus called them together and said, You know that the rulers in this world lorded over their people, and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first among you must become your slave. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others, and to give his life as a ransom for many. And from Numbers chapter 6. Then the Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron and his sons to bless the people of Israel with this special blessing. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favour and give you his peace. Good morning and welcome if you're visiting with us this morning. A few family members from afar are here. It's good to have you with us. Um, I just want to thank you first those who prayed last weekend while I was at Halls Gap speaking. It was a great weekend and I certainly was aware of people praying and and holding me up and it was great to have Jennifer (laughs) Henderson there. It was good to have a familiar face and Janine Davenport. Uh, joined me too, so that was that was lovely. Um, look at all those cakes! Wow, <laughs> we are going to have a good morning tea. Um, I'm just looking a couple of if a couple of blokes would like to volunteer to serve morning tea, that'd be great. So um, I'll expect to see a few rushing out afterwards. <laughs> okay, surprises. Which mum's got a nice surprise this morning? Anything, any, anything, yeah? What, what is, what? Catherine? Breakfast in bed and a homemade card. Breakfast in bed and a homemade card, lovely. Jack? Same? <laughs> <laughs> Good, surprise. <laughs> yeah? Any, any other surprises? I know Joel got Chantel fudge, a box of fudge, which, <laughs> fudge, a brownies fudge, which she'll, she'll love. Any other, Anne, Jen, anything? Too exciting? Anything? <laughs> oh, did you? Oh, good. Well done, Ian. Good on you. <laughs> I gather it was Ian. <laughs> surprises. Um, I hope you do get some other surprises maybe throughout the day. Uh, earlier this week I heard a comedian on Instagram talking about how often mums do get surprised. He said, doesn't matter how many times you've done it, she's always surprised by it. When you come out in the morning and walk in the kitchen, she says, oh, you're up. (laughs) Yep, I've done it before. (laughs) 
You come home from school and she goes, oh, you're home. Yep. Sometimes mums just walk up to you and go, oh, there you are. <laughs> Mum, can I have some food? And she says, food? What? Are you hungry? Yep, mum, that's how it works. I'm going to bed. Bed? What, are you tired? Good night. She says, I'll see you in the morning. And sure enough, I'll walk out and she says, oh, you're up. And the whole thing starts again. <laughs> then she wants to help but she often confuses you more. Mum, I can't find my jumper. Have you looked for it, she asks. Yes. What does she ask next? Did you look properly? <laughs> How many ways can you look? She said, you didn't look at all. Go and have another look. Mum, I still can't find it. Then she gives you a really helpful tip. Well, it's got to be somewhere. Mums are often referred to as superheroes who have superpowers. They have eyes in the back of their heads, don't they? I don't know how my mum used to know what was <laughs> going on, but she just knew. They have supersonic hearing with a built-in radar for the wrong words, and they seem to hear things at just the right time. They can do a million things at once. They have peak function even without sleep sometimes. They have a heart of gold and strong, soft arms of security and comfort. See, I told you, I've had the blessing of a birth mother, an adoptive mother, a stepmother and a mother-in-law. All of them have contributed to my life in many ways. And I've also had a number of spiritual mums who've been instrumental in my Christian growth. I've been blessed with four children of my own and now the crowning glory as described in Proverbs, eight grandchildren. Having lost my own two mums, my birth mum and my adoptive mum, um, after they died on the same day at the same time, I am also aware of how difficult it can be for those who no longer have their mums or who have not been mums despite longing to be. I hope and pray that you can still use your motherly qualities of nurture, warmth and kindness to many others who are in need of such gifts. I hope and pray that our God will be your enough. The Bible mentions many women and many mothers. Sometimes the patriarchal fathers have intended the reader to look negatively on them. Women since Constantine have been tried to be lessened and even extinguished from Christian history. But thankfully there is much that remains that points to the equality of men and women as Jesus' disciples back then to the present day, even if we have to dig a little deeper to find that equality in ministry and in leadership. Even back archaeologically there's, there's been um, women leaders and elders um, way, way back be, um, before Constantine, whose name, whose title of elder or um, church leader has been rubbed out on the on the on the stones um, by obviously by some of um, those people who wanted <laughs> that to happen. Today's story of the sons of Zebedee, nicknamed the Sons of Thunder by Jesus, is one such story. 
I want to look at their mum, who is often frowned upon in this encounter and whose name is not even mentioned here. That's what we were confused about because I said to Aim, is it about Salome? And she said no, and I'm thinking, oh, no. But that's right, her name's, her name's not mentioned in the passage. She's referred to as the mother of Zebedee's sons. Her name is Salome. Not to be confused with the Salome who ordered the beheading of John the Baptist. At first reading, the story is a mum trying to weasel her boys into the best seats possible next to the throne of Jesus in the kingdom. This mum didn't perceive that Jesus' kingdom would be in heaven. She still thought he was going to overthrow Roman rule and occupation and be king of the kingdom on earth. However, there are five lessons we can learn from Salome, the mother of James and John. Some how-tos, some what-tos and some not-tos. The first one, how she approached Jesus. First, she obviously knew Jesus and felt comfortable to come to him. Salome is derived from the Hebrew word shalom, meaning peace. And she certainly felt at peace and relaxed as she came to Jesus. He was familiar with her. She obviously knew that it was Jesus who could give her and her boys the best life possible life life in all its fullness however she didn't really know yet what that really meant I know in my kids lives my number one desire has always been that they will come to know the living Lord Jesus and decide to follow him she teaches us we are free to approach Jesus with both our needs and our desires are you coming to Jesus and praying and asking him for your kids, for him to continue to reach out to your kids. It says she knelt down before Jesus. Most of the newer translations say she bowed down. The old King James says she worshipped him. For all we may see that she did wrong, she taught her adult boys to how to respect the, their Lord. Next, she brought her boys to the feet of Jesus. I wonder if she had to drag them up. <laughs> Perhaps one of the outstanding positive lessons we can learn from such a questionable story is the importance of having our offspring with us when we come to our God. And her kids were grown up. Whether or not her motives were pure matters little for what we can learn from her. She brings herself, her kids and her requests to Jesus and the Bible continually tells us to bring our needs families and even our wants to Jesus and Jesus himself invites us to come come to me give me your cares cast your burdens on me I will give you rest learn from me the message of Jesus is always the same it is come to me or bring it to me Mothers teach us all kinds of lessons, but one of the greatest is to bring all of your cares and your desires, your hopes, your dreams and your needs to Jesus, to Jesus himself who welcomes them. Then her attitude toward Jesus, it's very interesting to watch children 
and discover how often they carry the attitude of their parents, isn't it? You know those moments when you think, oh, oh, was that me I saw in my, in my child? If a parent carries prideful, arrogant or negative attitudes, the kids will certainly pick up on it. As a gen, in general, we will, we, we will project the same attitudes as their parents' kids will. If a parent carries a positive, happy, kind and caring attitude, then the child will pick up on that. Mind you, they will still have their moments, as we all do. This, um, this can be a little bit simplistic. But always try to keep in check your attitude toward Jesus, but be real and authentic as well. The last thing we want our kids to do is to think they have to be perfect and pious in order to come to Jesus. Whilst he can be our best friend, we also need to stand in awe of him with respect and humility. And her appeal to Jesus. When she comes to Jesus, he is concerned for her and he asks her, he initiates it, what do you want? The Son of God, the Messiah, the Deliverer, the sacrifice for our sins is concerned about what she wants. He's concerned and interested in what you want. Other translations use the words want, wish, request and desire to express that Jesus was truly interested in what this mum wanted. And here's the point, he didn't have to ask her because in his divinity he already knew what she was going to ask. Yet he asks. What a great reminder that when we come to Jesus, again he's interested in our needs, our wants and our desires. Additionally, he wants us to tell him our heart, whatever's in it, our hopes, our dreams, our fears, our joys, our pain, the wrong stuff, both the good and the bad. He can handle it and it shows an intimacy with our Lord. Salome, Salome was attempting to get her boys a leg up or maybe she was attempting to make sure they'd be taken care of after her and their dad had gone. But don't miss this, she was honest. She was honest with what she wanted for the Lord. God desires for us to be transparent with him. Sad to say, I'm sure there have been times when we go to the Lord in prayer and are perhaps less than honest about what we want or what's really going on in our hearts. We can't fool God only ourselves what we attempt to hide from god we're really hiding from ourselves and on the other side of the equation when i come clean with god and i'm honest with him and myself it is then that god can speak to us and truly work his way in our lives this mum was transparent with the lord even though her request may not have been the most ideal being a parent, you know, is not easy. Sometimes you're filled with joy and sometimes with sadness. Sometimes with energy and sometimes with exhaustion. Sometimes your children make you so proud you could burst. Look at all those wonderful cakes they've made. And at other times you can't find enough handkerchiefs to dry your tears. A mother with three children was asked, if you had to do it all over again, would you still want children? Yes, she replied. 
but maybe not the same ones. <laughs> Being a parent, it isn't easy, it's tough. Salome gives us a valuable example, for she asked earnestly for, for her sons to be a part of his kingdom. I hope and I pray that you too go to God asking for your kids to be a part of his kingdom, no matter what age they are. And I know there's a lot of heartache for those whose kids aren't walking with God. You know that longing that you have in your heart for them to do so. There's her awareness of Jesus. When Jesus speaks in verse 22, Salome is silenced. Why? Could it be that maybe for the first time she realised the seriousness of her boys walking with Christ? Maybe for the first time she caught on to the cost as she was looking into the eyes of Jesus and heard that those seats she was requesting required the ultimate commitment and sacrifice. While Jesus did not grant her request, neither did he deny it or rebuke her. He simply reminded her of the cost of being seated on the right or left and told her that it's the father who actually determines that place. Perhaps after she heard his words, she wished she could have taken back her request. Think about this conversation. Jesus said, you don't know what you're asking and how difficult this journey will be. And the mum went silent. When I close my eyes and see this picture, I see a mum who was perhaps attempting to get cushy jobs for her boys and found herself in amazement at what she had done. When Jesus questioned, can you drink of this cup I'm going to drink, effectively asking her boys, are you up for this job? To which without hesitation, they emphatically, but probably unwittingly replied yes. She'd probably already changed her mind because for the first time she became aware of who Jesus was and what it was that he required. And now her boys were committing themselves to drink of the same cup and she knew what that meant. We want our kids to follow Jesus, but are we prepared to see what it may cost them? I wonder how many times people think they know what it means to follow Jesus and then through God's word and the Holy Spirit they become aware that what they thought was not entirely accurate. Some people think that following Jesus is only about a one-time decision that's made and left at the altar, that it's turning up at church on a Sunday. Others think it's about being baptised and others think about other things, church membership, church jobs, doing good stuff. Others think that life will be rosy and happiness will abound. To become aware of what it is actually required, to become aware of what it is actually requires of one who follows Jesus can, can range from surprise to shock. What were the expectations you had of God when you decided to follow him? Have they been met or were they are they drastically different to what you thought they would be? Our challenge is to keep going, to keep persevering. <clears throat>
her acceptance of Jesus and what he said. As we read verse 23 and get the divine design for the kingdom, we notice one important thing. Salome didn't protest or argue, discuss, re-bargain or try to debate with the Lord Jesus. She accepted his words as truth. What a legacy. To have a face-to-face with the Lord of glory is to walk away a changed person. While the scripture doesn't track in details the wife of Zebedee, the mother of James and John, we do know she followed Jesus as a disciple with other women. She is thought to be the sister of Mary, Jesus' mum. This woman is faithful to the end, as she is one of the women at the crucifixion with the other two Marys. She is also one of the three women who find the risen Christ at the empty tomb. These things prove that this encounter with Jesus taught her all it meant to be a disciple of Jesus, which she herself embraced and undertook. Salome showed us how even when we love the Lord, there will be times of heartache. Yet through our faith in him, we can find comfort still in those times. She shows that a mum who gives her life totally, unreservedly and completely to Jesus will have the greatest impact on her children. Why? Because a mum sold out to Jesus is a mum who will display a life that demonstrates everything good and right. Because of this, she will instil in her children a need, we hope, to love the Lord, to walk in his way and fulfil his calling. Again, perhaps a little bit simplistic. I do, but I, for, <laughs> for all we know that no matter how we live, our, how, no matter how we live, no matter what we do, our kids are still going to make up their own minds and have their own choices. But at least living for God, being sold out for him, gives them the best opportunity to see Christ lived out authentically, admitting that we make mistakes, admitting that it's not easy, but still having a desire to fully follow God and his plans for us. We know James and John went on to follow Jesus. James is not mentioned as much as John, but he was in Jesus' inner circle. It is thought that John remained in Jerusalem for some years after Jesus' death and resurrection before eventually moving to Ephesus, which in the second half of the first century came to be the major centre of Christianity. He preached among the churches of Asia Minor. He wrote the Gospel of John, 1 John, 2 John, 3 John and Revelation. Sometime around 90 AD, in his 80s or 90s, he was banished to the Isle of Patmos during a persecution of Christians by the Emperor Domitian. He was later freed and was the only one of the 12 to live to a ripe old age and die of natural causes. He obviously followed his mother's example. James was the first of the apostles to be martyred and the only one whose death is mentioned in the New Testament. He was beheaded by the sword and his death is recorded in Acts and it took place in 41 AD in a persecution of Christians by King Herod Agrippa. Agrippa. Both of these disciples 
knew what it meant to drink the suffering cup. They said they would, and they did. Solomon Rosenberg and his wife and their two sons and his mother and father were arrested and placed in a Nazi concentration camp. It's a true story. It was a labour camp and the rules were simple. As long as you can do your work, you're permitted to live. When you become too weak to do your work, then you are exterminated. Rosenberg watched his mother and father marched off to their death and he knew that next would be his youngest son, David, because David had always been a frail child. Every evening Rosenberg came back into the barracks after his hours of labour and searched for the faces of his family. When he found them, they would huddle together, embrace one another and thank God for another day of life. One day Rosenberg came back and he didn't see those familiar faces. He finally found the oldest son, Joshua, in a corner, huddled, weeping and praying. He said, Josh, tell me it's not true. And Joshua turned and said, it is true, Papa. Today, David was not strong enough to do his work. So they came to him. But where is your mother? asked Mr. Rosenberg. Oh, Papa, he said, when they came for David, he was afraid and he cried. Mama said, there's nothing to be afraid of, David. And she took his hand and she went with him. That is motherhood, sacrifice so much like the sacrificial love of Jesus who gave his all for us and promises to never leave us whatever the terrain or the call is on our lives. Mums, this is your day. May God bless you in it. And I pray that there's someone here and I pray if there is people here who've never experienced the love of God that he's so close to the love of a mother that this will be your time of decision to make that a reality. Thank God for mothers like Mary, Salome, Mrs Rosenberg and you. Thank God for the many women who sacrificially serve others and their God. We want to honour you and your witness this morning. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you his peace. Amen. Thank you, Ange. We're going to finish by singing this song called The Blessing. You might know, I think we've probably only done it once before. It's a great song, but I think the reason we've only done it once is it's pretty difficult. So uh, join in with us, bear with us. Uh, the Lord bless you and keep you, make his face. It's actually taken not just from the ironic blessing, but actually from a few spots in the Bible. And it's, uh, it's a good, so please stand and, uh, and uh, make a joyful noise to the Lord with us. And uh, as, we, as we finish up this time, and we look forward to, oh, I can see a cake on the table, don't look. They're coming out. That'll be great. Thanks for being with us today. Thanks, Mary. Yeah. 
we'll just have the, the ladies to start off, please. He's for you, he's for you, he's for you, he's for you. 
pray, Lord God. Thank you for your blessing. Amen. Enjoy uh, some fellowship. Enjoy some cakes. Happy Mother's Day. So that we can announce the winners of the cake competition. And we have prizes and the kids have something special to give mums as well. So we'll do that straight after we do the cake competition, okay kids? Alright, I want to thank you guys so much for getting behind our cake decorating competition. You obviously all wanted yummy morning tea this week. So thank you. And... I would say drum roll, please, but there's no drums, so pretend to do a drum roll. Thank you. Drum roll. Okay. With a vote of 22 votes, we have the Leaning Tower of Pisa by the Gillies as the most fun cake. Thank you, Gillies family. And with a vote of 35 we have the beautiful tall flower cake decoration thing, which I think was by the Tylers. Is that right? Well done, Tyler family. Thank you very much. You can each have a representative of your family come up and get your prize. <laughs> Where's someone from the Gillies family? Well done, Emma. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Thank you, everyone, once again. And we've got some beautiful cakes to eat for morning tea. We've only cut up half of them, so no, half of each one, so that everyone's cake gets a taste. Apart from the winners, I didn't dare cut them up. So winning families, if you want it cut up, you can cut it up yourselves and put it on a plate, okay? <laughs> Thank you, everyone. Have a lovely morning tea, and we look forward to seeing you next week.